0: I think for me, though, another practical thing is thought life. It's interesting because I I deal with a lot of adults and kids and families. Um, I come to learn that people throughout their life have never really been asked the question, have you given thought to where thoughts come from? Hmm. Have you given thought to biblically just the idea that thoughts are coming from one of four places? It's your flesh, it's the world, it's the enemy, or it's the Holy Spirit. And so for our kids, I look at the practicality of how can we help them from an early age with the Lord's help to discern where our thought's coming from. Hmm. Recognizing that, because in Second Corinthians 10, 5, then we would teach them based on Paul who says, hey, to demolish every stronghold, every speculation that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, I'm going to bring every thought in captivity and yes, surrender to the obedience every of Christ, mm-hmm. right? So you think about how does that plays out in the life of our children and as they move into adulthood of, man, I need to know, like, where did this come from now? Because part of it is I could just say, hey, the devil made me do it. Do you know what I mean? Like the yeah. devil made me do it. And we're like, like I, I know you're a stinker, man. Like I know, that isn't, that a, isn't
1: that a famous clip or something? I think I'm too young to know that devil made me do a clip. Do you know that? I don't know the clip.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to acknowledge it. Not going to acknowledge it.
1: But yeah, I, I, you make a great point. I just heard a sermon and I'm going to use this re- again that, uh, you can't control birds flying over your head, but you can stop them from making a nest there. That's right. And I like that. I, I just, stuck I just heard to that me. too.
0: Where did you hear that?
1: Uh, I think it was Tony Evans. I think I listened to Tony Evans' uh, quote. I think S- that's where I heard Somebody
0: just, I literally just, somebody passed that yeah, along and to And that just the last stuck with two weeks.
1: me. That just stuck with me because those thoughts do come, they fly over our heads all the time. And and the idea is that, you know, and I think, I think I heard it from J. Vernon McGee, I, I don't know if I'm quoting it right, but there's thoughts of sin and sinful thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like there's, you, it's not wrong to be tempted to sin. Jesus yeah. was tempted to sin in every way yet without sin. Yeah. So we're not, it's not wrong to be tempted, No, it's wrong when you give in. So I think uh, sinful thoughts fly over all the time, but when you grab them and make them thoughts of sin, then now that's where you have the problem.
0: Well, and I've heard, I've heard some research that psychologically about 30 seconds, 30 seconds from when a thought is flying over that you choose to grab it. Mm. And the moment that you grab it, you're holding on to it. You're moving toward possibly believing that. If it's a lie, you might believe the deception. You might begin to act upon it. So the challenge is like, I'm thinking about every adult who's interacting with this and going, hey, that could be a challenge in your own life. And then it doesn't have to be that you perfect it, that I perfect it, that you do, going, but I need to have the conversation with my kids practically to help them understand where is this coming from? Just to ask that question. So I, I just say to people, pray this, God, is that thought from you? Hmm. And if that thought's not from you and the way I can know that this is what I want to know, right? I would go, it doesn't line up with what you've said in your, in your word. Right. Right. And so God, if that thought's not from you, then I just want to bring it. I love the imagery. I'm going to bring that thought to Christ. Right. I'm just bringing it to you versus hiding it from him because he already knows. He knows. Like I had that thought, that
1: thought, I, I, I entertained that thought and right. I feel guilty about it. Hey, bring it to the cross. That's right. Where all the shame and guilt can, can go to die. Right? Yeah. Is that, I don't have to hold on to that and try to be shameful of it. Yeah, I have a thought. And I tell kids all the time, I remember I was speaking to a youth group one time and I was, we're talking about like Galatians, we're talking about the worst of the flesh. And uh, I mentioned, I was, I want to be practical. I said, you know, the other day, I was walking, I was at this place, this girl walked in, man, had a nice, I was like, whoa. I was like, and the, the kid was like shocked that I admitted that. I'm like, man, I still got eyes. Right. I still see. But now I have a choice what to do with that now. Amen. As unbeliever, I had no choice. I was a slave to sin, mm-hmm. right? I, I, was, I was a dog in heat, right? Just follow around, right? But now I see it, I can see it. Yeah. But now I have a choice to turn and look away and say, you know what? I'm not going to focus on that. Amen. But I still got eyes and tell you what, However, uh, my old pastor used to tell people, uh, tell the guys to bounce your eyes, right? right. Like just bounce your yep. eyes, right? One of the, one of my friends, he's like, man, sometimes it'd be so hard. I double dribble. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like that. I like double dribble. <laughs> and I think, you know, let's be real with it. Let's be honest right. with that. Um, Practically, like I have two boys, right? Mm -hmm. So we had to have those conversations and I would have that same exact thing. And that comes from Job 31, where he says, I've made a covenant with my eyes to not look lustfully upon a young woman, right? So yeah, I wanna bounce my eyes. And again, very practical of just taking the truth of God's word. How do I have a regular, weaving conversation with my kids
1: consistently? And just being honest with where we are. Like, yes, I still live in this sinful flesh that wants and desires things of this world, whether that be money, fame, Mm. uh, fortune, um, women, whatever it may be. I still want that in my flesh. But guess what? I'm no longer bound by sin. Uh, I love uh, Romans chapter six, that those who are saved are, are free from sin, that I'm right. no longer a slave. I've shall been like Shall I go free. on
0: sinning? The yeah. grace may increase, did, did, man. You, did, you, did, you, did you memorize that? Did you try to memorize that at one point? Oh, Romans 6, one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just kind of looking at that. And then
1: going well, to I think I tried to do Romans 6. So I think it was in King James. What should we say then? Shall we continue to sin the grace may abound. I mean, God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know you not that those who are... Yeah. <laughs> I got down in to verse King seven. James. I like yeah, it. Yeah. I got down to verse seven at one point, but I think the truth is still there that I'm dead to that. Yeah. I'm no longer. And I think, I think being very practical with that, let's mm-hmm. admit, you know, cause I think sometime I grew up in church thinking all these Christian men are perfect. They never yeah. have those thoughts. They yeah. never do. Listen, we live in a sinful world mm-hmm. and I'm going to be, I'm confronted with those. Can I be real with it and be practical? God, forgive me. Let me move from that or bow to my
0: eyes and yeah. move on to something greater. Totally. I I was, I was blessed to my, my dad really did a good job of this and he weaved a lot of things into conversations, but I remember at a young age dealing with nightmares. I remember dealing with scary thoughts as a kid and him coming to me and saying, Hey, bud, I'm going to give you a few verses and I want to work to memorize these verses. So again, the practicality, Mm -hmm. and he was equipping me to literally do battle. Mm -hmm. He was equipping me to do battle in bed. I'd wake up from having a bad thought, a bad dream. And he had taught me, hey, just let's say John 3, 16. It's not that you're speaking to specifically to whatever that battle is, right. but you're just proclaiming the truth of God's word, right? right? So I was blessed in that, and I've tried to do that with my kids, encourage other parents. So, you know, obviously you've retained a lot of scripture. You've memorized that. There's value for us to take little pieces of that with our children, try to help them do the same. Yeah, Just as, as literally to have that tool in their tool belt to use in the midst of any attack that might come their way.
1: And I think, you know, I do a lot of memory verses. We, on our website, we have memory yeah. verses for kids. On our app, we do as well. And I want to do more. And I had a mom reach out and say, can you do more? Can you do more? Yeah. And I do want to do more memory verses for kids. And even when I did them at your church recently, I did like four and they were like, what? Yeah, that may be too deep. You know, I don't think it's too deep no. for the kids. Mm-hmm. And I think the Holy Spirit can take that and use it. And I remember there's a verse that talks about the fact that when he sent the disciples out, he said, the Holy Spirit will remind you of things that you've already learned, mm-hmm. like that the Holy Spirit will take those truths and use them in your life. So, yeah. yes, I think, people, oh, they're just memorizing right now. Guess what? I still know stuff from when I was that's like, you know, exactly years ago. Oh, yeah. And God will bring it to our minds and I think it's equipping ourselves for that. And I think that's why I was looking up this verse real quick, because you mentioned Doing battle with thoughts and yeah. understanding thoughts. And I think one of the things is, is I heard this quote, one way to make sure you uh, to overcome a problem is not be a part of the problem, mm-hmm. to cut off the source. Mm-hmm. And I think <laughs> uh, Tony Evans, again, I learned a lot from Tony Evans. He tells the story about when they had, a, they call it a sane asylums back in the day, mental hospitals. Yeah. And one of the ways they would test to see if the patient was ready to go, they would take him to the utility closet. They would plug the sink, turn the water on, let it overflow. And then they would go get the patient bring the patient and say, hey, here, mop this up. And if they came back and the, the patient never turned off the, the water, mm. they knew they weren't ready to go.
0: Ah, that's interesting. And I, I
1: think, and I don't know if it's a true story now, but I get the analogy. Like, oh, how would you look mopping up the floor when the water's still coming over? And I think we can try to mop up a lot of stuff, but we're still pouring in, those thoughts from the world. We have the spigot on and it's flowing to what we listen to, what we watch through our social media. And we are comparing ourselves and we, we're refusing to turn it off, but God, I got a problem. Yeah. God I got a problem. And I think the measure for me is this in Philippians chapter four, verse eight, finally, brothers, and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if any excellence or praiseworthy, think about these things, such things. I'm still I'm reading, but I'm mm-hmm. still quoting verse. Yeah, yeah, from, your, from I'm looking at it. Yeah. yeah. But, but the idea is, what are we thinking about? Yeah. What are we pouring into our minds? And I think what you were talking about, I look at it, is teaching your kids how to critically think. Mm-hmm. What is this coming into me? Is it good? Is it noble? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it beneficial for me yeah. as I consume this? television i'm guilty too i will go and work a full day at a school come back home tired and i'm like oh what do i do turn on tv and watch the world do most horrible things to each other as a way to relax yeah. like like i'm watching criminal minds which i don't anymore but <laughs> but like i used to watch criminal minds I'm like whoa man, i don't need that in my head yeah. how he killed how, how he dismembered why do i want that in my head mm. for a morsel of entertainment and i do get it because we like stories because we're living in one right And we want to see, there's always this, uh, what's the, the, the savior or the, what is that I'm looking for? The word, there's Uh, always a redemptive story, right? Most stories are redemptive. There's always a winner, loser, and usually the good people win, right? So we want to watch that, but then I have to swim through the sewer Mm. to get that. And I have Mm. to find other ways because I'll put it this way, garbage in, garbage stay. (laughs) Garbage in, garbage stay and I think we have to be very careful what we allow in because guess what? Even though I'm a believer, I'm saved, I'm, I'm a child of God, I still live in a fleshly body and my mind still can gravitate to things that are not pleasing
0: to God. A hundred percent. And I, that's why you just got to keep going, I hey, Lord, how do I fill my mind with your word, with your truth? And it's like, I don't look at it again as saying, okay, so that means that we got to sit down and have a Bible study, mom and dad and kids. Maybe you're going to do that. But again, the reality, if we just had a conversation at the table and we talked about a particular verse, we we might say, hey, what did this do for you? What are you challenged by in this? What do you understand about this? And, and trying to find ways to have those true, pure things that are right. filling our minds.
1: And one of the blessings through the through the pandemic with churches closing down and doing online church, I remember our kids, I just uh, stopped being a kid's pastor at a local church and uh, they were like, daddy, why don't you teach us? You know, cause I've been mm. their kid's pastor. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what we decided to do was start finding on YouTube, a bunch of praise and worship songs. And then we would talk about the lyrics of the song. Like, what'd yeah. you get from that? What'd you get from that? And then we found um, these little videos from um, Saddleback Kids, a little, little cartoon. And we would do this. We'd watch it. Then we'd read the passage and ask the kids, what do you see different? What do you hear differently? And it got our kids in a habit of talking about the word of God together. Just as what, hey, here's dad, you got to say this, but how can you engage? You saw yeah. the visual of it. You saw this. What's different? What do you, what did you, what do we read? What did you reflect on? And how can you respond? You know, mm-hmm. so we, those, the three hours we started doing, right? Yeah. And it was so funny because at one, one time we did David and Goliath and we watched it. And then we, my wife was reading it. So when she was reading it, the kids were acting it out. So I think Evan was Goliath and Sophia was David. And so Evan got up on the, the hearth by the fireplace, and he was taller than her. And, <laughs> and then my wife was reading. They're acting out as she reads. They're acting okay. out, right? Get to the point where she throws a stone, and he falls. So Evan fell to the floor. Then it says, then David took out his sword, took took Goliath's sword and cut his head off. And they both look like huh? Because <laughs> that's something you don't see in a cartoon. I agree. Out, right, right, right. I agree. But we also use a, a app called Bible That Is, which is dramatized version, and mm-hmm. it's like reading and has different voices. Like in in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you have different characters. And they'll they'll have different voices. They'll have music, and that draws them in. And I think just be creative in how you pass on the faith to the next generation.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's great tools. Like, you know, even when you think of the young age in terms of preschoolers and you go, there's Bible story books. I always want to encourage parents of going, use those great resources, but then consider how you begin to fill in some of the pieces, yes. right? Because otherwise your child is growing and they believe in their minds that the Bible is only made up of 10 stories. You know right. what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just 10 stories. And <laughs> and so in a sense, there might even be some feeling of boredom in that. And yeah. so the reality is that you want to go, hey, there's excitement when you find out this detail about story of David and Goliath. If freaks you out a little bit, yeah. but he picks up this giant sword, mm-hmm. but it's also good to know the reality and it draws them in, gives them a hunger to say, hey, maybe what, what do I not know yet? It's not yes. that we've been holding back. But oftentimes, what we do is we say to ourselves, I don't know that they can handle this yet.
1: Or do they even need to know this? Concept do they need yet? to know this? Because there's some stuff yet. in the Bible like I talked about. my daughter yesterday about. She picked the verse. It was so funny because she was like, Dad, I want to pick the verse today to, to read. And so, the first night she opened the Bible, went to Psalm. Right? Then the second night she said, I want to read Second Kings 11. No, Second Kings 11, I think it was. Whatever, the story of David and Bathsheba. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, she's 11. So yeah. maybe that's how she picked it. She's 11. She it. Yeah. And so we read it. And so when I, I talked about, uh, no, no, it wasn't that. It wasn't David and Bathsheba. It was Solomon. And his uh, 700 wives and 300 concubines. <laughs>
0: gotcha.
1: <laughs> and so I told yeah. her, I was like, I told her, I was like, he has 700 wives. I told her what concubines are for, what yeah. they use them for. And she was like, what? Yeah. He had a thousand women? I was like, yep. I don't
0: know how. I, 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 and this I, is the wisest man of all time. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's, that's that, that's we talked about right? that. I said,
1: he wrote most of the Proverbs. He's wise men, But he was stupid when it came to women. Like he just. Did. But we read the part about how God had wanted him not to allow these women to change his heart, sure. how it happened. But we had that dialogue mm-hmm. and it came right from scripture. Yeah, and I I, I, God for that. I love that. So she's 11. Evan hasn't had that, that Bible verse yet, mm-hmm. but we will. And when they come up, those are moments not to be afraid because we live in a generation now, a culture where transgender homosexuality, mm-hmm. it is being pushed even on our kids. Yeah. And so we've had those conversations yeah. about um, even transgender. We had it a couple years ago because Sophia had a child yeah. Yeah. that came back to school as a first grader was a, was a girl one year, Boy, next year. Mm-hmm. So we had that a conversation. And our conversation is, hey, let's look at the scriptures. Genesis 127. So God made man his own image, an image of God. He made him male and female, created them, right? Yeah. So God made us male and female. Now, mm-hmm. some people don't believe that. Um, they believe they can change genders. And they look at me like, what? Yeah. And I said, listen, if those people believe that, we don't treat them like trash. We don't talk down to them, but we know what God has said. Mm-hmm. And we still have heart compassion for those people because they're, they're, they don't see... The truth, the way God made them, so we can still talk about those yeah. issues and not bash people, but say, hey, they need to know who Jesus is. <laughs> you know, they need to know the truth. And so, I think bringing up those subjects and letting the Word of God do it is is great.
0: And you you would have to be willing as a parent to go. There's moments again. I don't know. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. Because I'm thinking about I'm thinking about the pe- people I hear that were like, wait a minute, you talked about what with your daughter? <laughs> seven hundred wives, seven hundred concubines, <laughs> <laughs> and they're going like. Well, what if they ask me this, right? What if they ask me that? And yeah. and so, legitimately, there can be a fear as a yeah. parent, and the enemy's cheering that on, going, "Yeah, be afraid! Don't don't be afraid! God has a, God has given you a spirit of power, not of fear." And then it's like, Lord, I just don't know. Yeah, give me humility. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to answer this. Why did He do it? It's crazy,
1: yeah. yeah, and I think too. I think I had a, a father talking about that because he was years ago. He, his daughter was flipping through Netflix and she saw the homosexual and lesbian category. She goes, "What is that?" Yeah, and he was like, "Don't worry about you learning later." You know, and I was like, "Man, those are great opportunities." You're maybe afraid, but here's the truth: she's going to find the answer. Yeah, and she's never going to tell you. Now it's become something shameful. She she shouldn't know. You wouldn't tell her, but now she knows. And well, hey, I know it's hard. I, I get it. But tell them. Simple. Hey, some people think men and men can be together, some people think women and women can be together. And that's not what the Bible teaches, but those people choose to live those lifestyles.
0: Well, and yeah, and that's why I think I think there's parents out there that again go, I wouldn't know where to go. Right. Even to direct them, right? So then you take, hey, there's additional practical resources. Back in the day we'd say we need a concordance. Look something up, right? <laughs> I'm just saying, right? We would.
1: Right, right. But right. in
0: a sense, you know, I look at something like a U version app, the Bible on your phone, and I go in, you can search a word. You can search a word. It's gonna pull up a whole bunch of verses, right? Just to give you the opportunity to practically right. as a parent and say, hey, can I find some insight? If so, I would always encourage parents to go, don't just take the one verse. Try to read at least a few verses before that and read a yeah, few verses context, after. Right. Right. Yeah, to understand a little bit deeper.
1: And I would say this too, the parents, you know, and this, I talked to my daughter about this yesterday. One of the things I think we don't do as believers enough is just calling the Holy Spirit. Mm. As believers say, God, you're the greatest resource that That's I ever right. have. And you're with me. You'll never leave me nor forsake me. And your job, Holy Spirit, to lead me and guide me in all truth. Right. So in that moment, I can pray and say, God... Give me wisdom in the moment to, to talk to my child who I love, who you love, um, about these tough situations exactly. and maybe give a short answer. Say, hey, can we pray about this and come back to it later? Mm-hmm. I think just being honest and open with our kids, even saying, hey, I don't know how to answer that. Yeah. But to say, I don't know, or to say, we'll talk about, you know, you don't worry about that. You know, yeah. they're going, to, as soon as you say, don't look at it, they want to look at it now and okay. they're going to find the answer. And I just want us to be resources for our kids. I believe this about our kids. They want us more than we know. Oh, for sure. And they need us more than we know. Mm-hmm. And I think as they get older, we're talking about younger kids, but they get older, they still want us. Mm-hmm. They still. I remember working with an eighth-grade group of kids, and we asked them, hey, who do you want to teach you about sex? Would your parents or the school? All of them said parents. Mm-hmm. And the parents are waiting on the kids' ass. Kids are waiting on the parents' to bring it up, and nobody's bringing it up.
0: Nobody's bringing
1: it up. <laughs> and everybody's tipping around tulips, and like our kids are saying, Mom, Dad, why don't you, can we talk about you. this? But they're afraid to talk about it too. Yeah. But I think as a parent, it's a it's a tough job but it's a rewarding one. I think it's one that we need to lead on the Holy Spirit to say, listen, God, help me yeah. in this moment to answer the question in this season of life and these things going on. When you see all the news reports and stuff going on, pray and say, God, help me. Yeah. Help me to talk to my child about it. And mm-hmm. they may go, huh, I want to talk, talk to you. Hey, don't be afraid, especially dads. Yeah. When your daughter start going through the, the, the changes and yeah. don't be afraid, yeah. be there, be steady because they're going to need you. Well, and I think, how, how old's your oldest?
0: Uh, my oldest oldest is 29. Okay. My oldest in the house is 11. Is 11 right now. So I don't know if you experienced this with your oldest oldest growing up, but um, I think a lot of times what I encounter is that parents almost have this idea of, okay, now they're in junior high, now they're in high school, all this stops. Hmm. There's almost this idea that they were receptive, that your 11 year old's receptive. She wants to have these conversations, but she's 13. Now she doesn't. She doesn't want to. Yeah. And so what happens is we become passive, right, as hmm. parents, and we kind of go like, uh, she doesn't want to talk to me or he doesn't want so to talk to me So I don't want to do it. But we need to do it. Mm-hmm. like, And we need to cheer each other on in doing it. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Like My kids are now 22, 20, and 19. And um, all throughout their teenage years, I still tucked them into bed. I still prayed with them as teenagers. And there was an expectation. Just to my daughter got married this summer at nineteen. There was an expectation that, that I was going to do that. Yeah. That we would have those. Because you practiced it. It
1: was part of what you did. Yeah, as and a I'm not. I'm
0: not patting myself on the back in that sense. But I want to say to the parent who goes, they don't want this. Just you to your point. You they don't do. know. Yeah, you they don't do. know what they
1: want. They do. And Just be consistent until they tell you no, but then you can still do it. Because I remember one time my daughter didn't want me to pray for her, and I got mm-hmm. mad. I was like, she had an attitude that night, and yeah. um, they were at the time in bunk beds. Sophie was on the bottom, <laughs> and I was up top. And so I was going down to pray with Sophie. She's like, huh, and turned over. And I was like, well, forget you then. I didn't say that, but that's how I <laughs> felt like. I felt like, well, you don't want to, I'm you not going to pray it. with you. So I went True. and prayed with Evan, and I was like, I was like Holy Spirit was like, you know what? You're the adult in the room. Like, hello, like, you need to do what I've you need to do convicted anyway. I've been by that so many times yeah. <laughs> where I've been them, and yeah. I don't want to walk out there. I don't want to do it, but I have to be the adult room so you know what? You need it. So after I pray with that, look at the hypocrite. God, thank you. Praise mm. you for this one. But that one down there, I don't want to talk to her yeah, right now. Right. Exactly. So then I got down I got over myself and I prayed with her and she was like, Yeah, I love you, daddy. You know, <sighs> we got over it. And daddy. I think I need to be present and be there mm. because they need us to be steady and stable. Yeah. And I think, and I think that's one thing too, the thoughts. If you look at our world, I, I, even media, the media is teaching us as parents that our kids don't want us. Mm. They don't need us. Look at the TV shows, and they, they they push this narrative as teenagers are, and even it teaches our kids that too. They're bold. They're, they got all the answers. I they
0: can
1: do it all. And 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 I don't think that's true. And even if it's true for some other kids, I wanna I wanna interact with my kid mm-hmm. and their personal needs, and not believe the narrative that teenagers don't want to talk to kids, and they have the a problem. Oh, expect this, and even when they're younger, the terrible twos. Mm-hmm. And so come, tell my parents, look for the terrible twos. Yeah, that may not be. Look at your child and your experience, and go from there.
0: Well I think it's I think that's strategic on the enemy's part, right because what he's doing is he's saying, "Hey, I want you to gravitate toward independence, which we want our kids to grow in independence, but we want that as they're growing in independence into adulthood, we want them to grow in dependence upon God yes <laughs> consistently and mm-hmm. over and over again, right so but it goes hand in hand of like hey you're the adult now you're fourteen, you're the adult." Well, no, I'm not, right? And so, but I want—I don't want you to lean into the Lord. I don't want you to lean into the Lord, nor do I want you to lean into mom and dad, right, who are there to guide you and continue to point you back to the Lord. I would like you to feel as if you should have all the answers. You should be the one to make it happen. And we want to
1: train them in that and train them on how to lean on the Lord and look mm-hmm. to God and not look to us for that's all right. the answers. We want to equip them. And I think that's part. And I, I like to say about parents, our job as parents is to love, lead, and launch our kids. There you go. Love them lead them in the right path and launch those bad babies out our house.
0: <laughs> I, I just finished this summer I launched man. So they're all are, launched.
1: You're a, you're a empty nester now. Officially. Well, I, congratulations. Yeah, it's July.
0: So yeah, I think it's exciting. My wife's not all that pumped, but
1: I'm pretty pumped. Yeah, I, I, I no, it's got it's a, it's a, they're not we don't, we love them so we want them, but yeah. we also want them to grow. We want the best for them. Oh, I get it. And then then you get to spoil their, their their babies one day. You get to be I, 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 look, to I actually
0: look forward to that. Yeah, all yeah. this gray hair's got to go to good on something
1: though. <laughs> I, I guess I want to make one more point that I I wrote down in my notes which I never looked the act while we went but yeah. um, I think this idea you talk about the the, uh, the junior high high school teenage years mm-hmm. um, I think we do you remember that infomercial from the rotisserie it's called the uh some rotisserie machine. The guy would say, "Set it yes, and forget yeah. set it." Set right? and forget it. Yeah, totally. And I think we apply that sometimes with our kids, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to our faith. Like, okay, they got saved when they were they were seven, and oh, set it and forget it. Now they're good. That's right. And no, we gotta we gotta work with them. We gotta we gotta turn it. We got we got not a not a natural crank. We gotta work with our children and help them to grow, mm-hmm. and not just assume that they know what we know. Yeah. And that's the hard part. We assume. Oh, didn't you know that? No, no one ever taught me. Mm. No, we just we just assume. And I think that's one thing that happens with the telephone game you talked 100%. about. If we just assumed that it was it was transmitted, it was it was given, but we never gave it. Yeah. Even little things like my kid did something the other day in the kitchen. i was like, I never taught him how to use a toaster. Yeah. He just saw me, so I assumed everybody knew how to use a toaster. But we never really said, "Hey, this is how you do toaster. This is how you don't use a toaster." To- <laughs> like, "You don't turn it upside down." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think those little things in the faith we have to be making sure that we're doing on a regular
0: basis. Well, again, it's interesting for me because I I interact with a lot of adults who are looking to get married, for example. And in the past year, uh, I've met with over 25 couples to get them prepared for marriage. And I would say over 80% of those couples do not understand what God's perspective of marriage is, Hmm. 80%. Um, And so I don't look at it as that they've chosen not to know that, but maybe sometimes somewhere, mom and dad said it and forget it, they thought that. Right, They didn't think I need to have this conversation. You'll just know, or maybe your junior high pastor will teach you, or maybe your high school pastor. And then we think the pastor, we
1: thought somebody else did.
0: Well, we did. Yeah.
1: And I think that's the thing. We we thought someone else taught them these things. And for me, I think I've been learning, especially with memory verses, that sometimes instead of focusing on the thing out in front, like, okay, transgender, homosexuality, let's talk about those things. Let's talk about scripture that teaches mm. the foundational truth first. Sure. Like I mentioned Genesis 127. Yeah. We don't have to focus on transgender right now. We can focus on teaching the foundation of That's how right. God made us. That's right. He created me and you equal. He made men and women different, unique, but also they all have value. Mm-hmm. And so if we can teach some of those things, then the practical stuff will, hey, wait a minute they're saying this but mm. the bible says this this is what i learned and i think you're right we're missing on teaching some of those foundational things and we find out later they don't have when they become much older yeah. so i think we need to get back to a lot of the basics in the home and in our youth teaching the children's ministry youth ministry let's not assume they know it but let's make sure they know it <laughs> i agree man so i totally agree all right hey this has been great got anything else any any practical tips that's like burning you and you want to give i, got, get I out? got one thing can i, I share one yes, thing real please quick?
0: do So I learned it later on when my kids were teenagers, but I read a book called The Family Blessing by a guy named Rolf Geborg, and he's out of Minnesota. And uh, it was a challenge for me where he was encouraging us as parents to consider taking the priestly blessing in Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26, and speaking it consistently over our kids' lives. So it was... For me, it was pretty earth shattering because I just thought, you know what, I need to speak more blessing into my kids' lives. Mm. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. So I started that when my kids were in high school and it was interesting how they begin to seek me out asking for that blessing, wanting to have that blessing from the Lord Mm over their life as teenagers again so it was just something practically speaking that even in moments where you might not know what to pray right you might not know what to pray pray that number six
1: 24 through 26 all right we'll put that link to the book and to that i guess the scripture in the the description so hey man thank you this is a pleasure man and i hope we can do it again and uh maybe we can talk about some we'll figure out who said uh the devil made me do it <laughs> and we'll figure that out since you, we'll since, you out. since you don't I know claim you who... don't know. <laughs> All right, thanks so much. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. All right.